Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Perfect Faith Podcast. I'm Kurt Klingerman, your host. This is episode 18 of season four. We're actually coming up to the end of the season, which means I'm recording this during Christmas week. So for those of you who might be actually listening to this during this time frame, Merry Christmas. So the title of this episode is Managing Expectations. And as we talk about managing expectations, we're going to talk about two areas. One is future expectations, and then secondly, the expectations we put on ourselves. So let's touch on future expectations to begin with. And of course, this being the season we're in, this is just a perfect place to launch off into it. You know, a lot of times people stress out as a plan for what's up and coming. You know, you plan for an event, the event gets here, and it doesn't quite meet expectations. In fact, sometimes it's very frustrating, and in some instances, heartbreaking, or somewhere in between. Or maybe sometimes it goes through the roof and exceeds expectations. But for those of you that get a little bit anxious about that upcoming event, whatever it is, whether it's a holiday such as Christmas, or a wedding, or a vacation, and so on, here is one simple tool that will help to begin with. You can plan for the future, but you just simply cannot plan its outcome. You cannot plan on how it's going to go down. And I know for you administrators at heart, that's a hard one to swallow. But if we can take this to heart, we might stress out over the details just a little bit less. Now, to be clear, you can plan for that future. Do everything you can on your side to make for a successful event, holiday, vacation, and so on. Do all those things that you can do on your part, and that's cool. But there are those things that come into play, such as the unexpected. You know, whether it's an unexpected hospitalization of a loved one, or maybe some of the people involved in the event aren't exactly on their best behavior, or maybe they're just not in their, they're just not at their best, and for whatever reason, things get a little bit disruptive. But the point is to start out with mitigating stress. We start with this concept. I can plan for the future. I can do everything I can to make it successful. But ultimately, I cannot plan the outcome. I can't count on it. You know, we all know what it's like perhaps to really have a wishful, hopeful thing in our mind is the way we think things should turn out and when the event comes it just crashes and burns and it becomes quite disappointing and maybe in some cases heartbreaking or somewhere in between but just start here don't plan on the end game just plan for the future in other words do what you need to do and that leads us to our first scripture which is philippians 4 6 through 7 Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known unto God, and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So this is the second tool, and probably the most important one, and that is simply cover it in prayer. You know, present what's going on to the Lord, and then, watch this, let it go. Let it go. And that's, you know, we always hear that, just let it go. And sometimes that's exactly, in fact, that is exactly, it's not just sometimes, every time it's something that we need to do. We need to come to a point where we just simply trust the Lord with the outcome. Because we also know that the Lord knows everything about what we're about to 
go through or everything that's going to happen in the event that we've been planning for. And the thing about God is that he always looks out for our benefits. So that means even if there's a crash and burn ahead of us, and I'm not speaking that over anything you're planning. I, I believe God I believe God for an awesome time for whatever you're about to get into, okay? But Remember Romans 8.28, where it just simply says, God works all things to the good to those that love him who are called according to his purpose. And that just simply means if it does happen to crash and burn, he's going to take that burning, the ashes, and he's going to rise up something beautiful out of it if you allow him to work in your life and allow him to work in the situation. Just know that he's there. And then secondly, along with that, just as you begin to just turn it over. Ask him to establish your thoughts. Ask him to establish your words. So it's just like Proverbs 16.3 says, Commit your works unto the Lord, and your thoughts shall be established. Okay, let me say that again. Commit your works unto the Lord, and your thoughts shall be established. So start with the Lord, and just ask him, Lord, please establish my thoughts establish my steps, my goings. And really, it boils down to this. It's just simply submitting to Holy Spirit. Because in the midst of that, he can establish your thoughts. So when you're in, let's say, the pre-planning process, he can make things more clear to you in the way that you need to set things up. And sometimes there's those unexpected things of our pre-planning that don't go exactly the way we had hoped. But when he is involved, sometimes we can skirt around those things that might cause an issue. And then should there be an issue at the event, the holiday, the party, whatever it's going on, by submitting to Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit can lead you in what to do, what to say. He can keep you in a place of peace. And by the way, if you happen to get blindsided and there's just that moment of you know, frustration or maybe even fear, anxiety, uh, anger or anything in between, and just stop. Here's another little tool. Take a deep breath. Just kind of breathe in, inhale, and do that about six times slow breaths. And in the process, submit the Holy Spirit. Just, Holy Spirit, I need you right now. Order my steps, order my thoughts, order my words. You know, he'll, he'll lead you in what to say or not to say. He'll tell you when to speak or maybe when to be quiet or maybe even to when to walk away or whatever, whatever's appropriate in the moment. He can lead you in that and in the process really help mitigate what's going on. But then on the other side of it, as he's leading you, it might just help enhance everything that's going on. As you are spirit-led, you may find yourself ministering to people in new ways you never thought possible and just you just flat have a good time. But again, it comes to submitting to Holy Spirit and allowing him to order your every step and establish your every thought. And then along the way, you're going to find joy in the process of what's going on. You know, it's the thing that's really, again, like I said earlier, the Lord has a way of working things out. And let me throw this out as we start to head in towards expectations that we have on ourselves. And that is, if you find yourself during a particular holiday, such as Christmas, finding an anxiety starting to brew, or maybe a melancholy, or maybe even a depression, or an anger, or anything like that, that might be a good time to just kind of throttle back, get in the presence for the Lord, and ask Him, what's going on? Is there something that needs to be addressed? Is there something that needs to be healed? Maybe maybe you were traumatized, or maybe something got broken, and it's just time to heal what's ever going on. Maybe it's a relationship that needs to be mended, and it's finally 
time for you to reach out to someone else. Look, one thing about forgiveness is that we don't always have to be the first one to make the first move. You know, even if we're the one that is the innocent party, so to speak, you know, I don't know if there is really such a thing, but sometimes we do get blindsided by something that we totally had nothing to do with and we get hurt. That being said, we can actually make the first move with the intentionality of forgiving the other person and praying that they're able to forgive us because if there's a misconception on their part, they may actually think that you have done something. But anyway, the point is, allow the Lord to show you what's going on. Let him Ask Him to show you what you need to see for that time that you're in. Because He really wants to take these situations and use them so that you can become that better version of yourself. And that's that self that actually walks in peace and joy on a more continuous basis. Okay. So with that, let's go into this other part. Unmanaged expectations of ourselves can actually lead to bondage. Have you ever thought about that? If you have expectations of which you can't live up to, you're going to put yourself in a place of bondage. You're going to actually perhaps slip off into a works mentality. You know, one of the reasons that Jesus came was that we would have freedom in our relationship with God and that we'd be able to be free to be who we actually are. When he comes into our life, he sets us free from sin so that we aren't in bondage to sin. And by his grace, which enables us to do the things of God that we couldn't normally do, we are able to slide into or come into the person we're meant to be. So as we slip, as we, I'm sorry, submit the Holy Spirit again and start to rest in the relationship and relinquish those high expectations. Now think about it. How often do we think I should be this type of person or I should be doing this or that, which leads me to some words to be wary of. And the one word is should. I've got a good friend of mine that likes to put it this way. Did you should on me? Or are you shooting on yourself? Right? Be careful with that. When we start using the words of should, now we're starting to bring ourselves under a possible bondage in which now we're trying to place ourselves of unrealistic expectations. Now, to be clear, there are standards by which we live. We know that there are kingdom standards, you know, where we walk in the Spirit. We do spend time in the Word, and we do fellowship with the Lord. We do pray and all those sorts of things. But none of that is meant to be under some state of bondage. It's meant to be in the freedom of the Spirit because the Word also says where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty or there is freedom. So by submitting to Holy Spirit and allowing Him to bring you into your calling or into the person you are meant to be, which is someone who is conformed to the image of Jesus, right? Then you can come into a state of rest. In other words, cut yourself some slack, all right? Quit stressing yourself out. You don't have to do that to yourself anymore. It's not supposed to happen. Okay, second word, need. You know, I need to do this. Or you need to do that. Or how about this one? I need you. That one is a slippery slope to get into. Because when you talk about needing people, you're now edging into the realm of codependence. It's kind of dysfunctional. We need each other in, a sen- in the biblical sense that we are called on to fellowship and encourage one another. That, in a general sense, is cool. But when you say, I can't be happy without someone in my life, there's something broken. 
your happiness is not dependent upon someone else. In fact, some people during marriage counseling will be asked, you know, why do you love that person? Well, they make me happy. Well, it's not their job to make you happy. That's an inside thing. And really, we're called to be joyful, actually. But with that in mind, if we require someone else to feel loved or to feel happy, that means there's something on the inside that needs to be worked on. And one of those areas, of course, is loving yourself appropriately, meaning that you love yourself the way that God loves you. Because in so doing, you're not going to find yourself codependent on other people. You will be in a position where you can seek to love other people versus seeking to be loved by them. If we're not careful when we use words like need, we start to put other people under bondage or obligations that they don't want to be under. And it's not fair to them either. Everyone should have free agency. No one should be manipulated into anything. You should never be manipulating someone to do something for you or to be present with you. They should have the free agency to say yes or no. You know, and generally speaking, the less demands we put on other people, the more apt they are to cooperate or the more apt they're wanting to spend time with us. Because when they sense a freedom in the other person, meaning you, and the love that's coming out from you, they're going to be drawn to that. There is something about love and liberty that people love. They love to be around free people who love them freely. But the moment you begin to get needy, people are going to push back. They're going to push away. They're going to say, hey, wait a minute. I need some alone time. I've got other people that I need to spend time with. I've got other things I need to attend to. I've got things that I have to take care of. I can't always be with you. It doesn't mean I don't want to be with you. I just simply have to do these other things. You know, again, we need to give people space. So if we get into this realm of needing, we need to address our heart. What is going on? If you find yourself in that position where you're like, I really need this person around, stop, time out. You know, I mean, it's good to be with us. Don't, don't get me wrong. I love to spend time with my wife. It's one of, it's my most favorite things to do is spending time with my wife, you know, and, but at the same time, I allow her the freedom to do what she needs to do. For example, if she goes visit her sister and hang out with her where she's going to have a great time, I'm happy for her to be able to go. I don't need her to be here. I actually need her to go have fun right? It's good for her and it's good for the relationship. Here's another dangerous thing to be wary of. Comparing yourself to others. Comparing yourself to others. Don't do that. Look, Paul said, be followers of me. But did Paul mean to say, become many Pauls? No, that's not what he was saying at all. He's simply saying, be followers of Christ who is in me. See, everyone has a unique personality that God has given them. You are unique. You are not designed to be anyone else but you. So if you try to compare yourself to someone else and try to maybe uh, become equal to that person, you're going to find yourself slipping away from who you're called to be. And frankly, you're not going to have peace doing that. That is an unrealistic expectation is to try to be someone else. Now, look, of course, there are those that we have around us when we're trying to learn new things, or maybe we're being discipled, and that's okay. But we got to be careful about what we call mentor worship, or as the old proverbial, putting someone on a pedestal where they don't belong. Two things about that. One, again, as I said, we put undue pressure on ourselves 
to become like an individual. Secondly, it gives those, pre- those people no room to fall or no room to be human. You know, when you put someone in that place, they have no, they know, they have no uh, wiggle room to make mistakes in your view. And then if they do happen to make a blunder or maybe, God forbid, have a fall, what happens then? What happens when your view of them becomes totally just negative? Then what? That's not a good place to be either. So again, be careful about comparing yourself to others. And with that, try this one out. Here's a danger, another dangerous one. And I talked about this about a couple podcasts ago. Be careful about trying to live under somebody else's expectations for you. Okay, a lot of times people will actually project what they feel like they should be onto other people. Or they have this idea of what what a Christian should look like, what they should be doing, and they have an idea of what you should be doing in your life. Well, that's out of bounds, time out. No one should be running your life except Holy Spirit. And even then, Holy Spirit gives you the opportunity to say yes or no to Him, right? He still doesn't demand you to submit to Him, although it's a great idea. But we should not be given anyone power over our life where we're trying to live up to someone else's expectations because that, again, skews our vision of who we actually are or who we are called to be. Again, in Jesus Christ, we are who we are supposed to be. And remember Philippians 1.6, we are confident that he that began a good work is faithful to complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. So all those things that need to happen in our lives, the Lord is working them out. So again, relax, take it easy. Now, talking about this comparison thing, 2 Corinthians 10 verse 12. For we dare not make ourselves of the number or compare ourselves with some that commend themselves. But they, measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves amongst themselves, are not wise. See, it is not wisdom to be comparing ourselves one to another. Look, if you want to really get comparing with other people, compare yourself to Jesus, all right? But even with that, even though we're called to be conformed to the image of Jesus, it doesn't preclude our personalities. In other words, you still need to be you with Jesus in you, living in you big time and allowing him the freedom to move through your life. But you're not, in other words, we're not going to run around dressed in robes trying to look like Jesus. Actually, all we need to do is allow him to live big time in us and people will see Jesus through us. And that's a freedom in of itself. Finally, again, leave your expectations in the Lord's hands. This faith thing is important when it comes to our walk and our expectations, right? In Hebrews 4.10, it says, For he that has entered into his rest, he also has ceased from his own works, as God did from his. Let us labor, therefore, to enter into that rest, lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief couple things here. And that last verse says, lest any man, or last part of the verse rather, lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief. What happens when we put so much pressure on ourselves and we think in terms of, I should have been more faithful, or I should have done this by faith. I should have laid hands on the sick. They should have recovered. I should have been reading my Bible more, or I should have this or that, and nothing met expectations. Sometimes what happens is we begin to doubt our walk. We begin to edge off into unbelief, and that is a scary place to go. This is why it is so important to step back and rest in the relationship. Remember, 
when we're walking by faith, faith requires relationship with God in order for it to be faith. Just as we've said a number of times on this podcast from Romans 10:17, faith then comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, right? So we need to hear from the Lord. And that's why it's important to leave our expectations in his hands. Again, it's like I alluded to earlier. As we submit to Holy Spirit and we hear from the Lord what's on his heart, what he has in mind, the directions that he wants us to go, we just simply obey what we hear him say. That's an act of faith. Now you're starting to move in a more right direction, if you will. Now, obedience is simply this. It is to believe with the intent to conform to the wishes or desires of God out of a heart of love, right? So we begin with belief. We believe that he does speak to us. We believe that he does listen to us. And yes, he does listen to you. He hears you. He absolutely does hear you. Even though maybe the circumstance in which you find yourself in right now doesn't seem like he does, but he absolutely does hear you. Just hang on. Breakthrough is coming. You know, this is, I'm not sure who that's for, but that, I didn't plan on that one. So anyway, trust him. Let him help you navigate through life. Let him help you navigate expectations, right? So final verse before we close. Psalm 62, verse 5 through 8. My soul, wait thou only on God, for my expectation is from him. He only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be moved. In God is my salvation and my glory. The rock of my strength and my refuge is in God. Trust in him at all times. You people pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. Salah. That's it. The bottom line for managing future expectations, managing expectations on ourself, is coming to God and resting in, resting in him because he alone is our rock. He alone is our refuge. He alone is our defense. And think about that one. God is your defense. So this is where we're going to wrap it up and we'll call it a day. So in the meantime, be blessed, my friend. 